We are in a um, series of messages here at North Place um, called Anti-Anti, and really it's a conversation that, that we are having as a church about our confessions and about our declarations. I, I, um, I'm one of those people, I'm, I'm very much a verbal processor, and uh, so as a kid, uh, I have told this story before, so I, I hope it doesn't get old, but a, as a kid, I really, I talked a lot, a, a whole lot. And my dad uh, owned a business uh, when, I was a, when I was a kid, and uh, he wanted to instill within his kids a work ethic, and so from a very young age, uh, he had us going to work with him. And I remember, uh, I remember one day, he, he said, hey, we were going to work, and I was just talking and talking and talking. We were riding in his baki, and I was, I was just talking nonstop. And um, I, I, was, I was, my dad is an awesome guy and a generous guy, but I really don't understand. I don't know about the wages he paid his workers, at least his child slave laborers or, that he had. Because I remember I was making a, a, a dollar a day at that time. And uh, this was, I'm not that old. Like, this wasn't 1902 or anything. I mean, this was, this was in the 80s. So, I mean, a dollar a day was still not much. It was still not much then. And um, I, I remember we were riding in his baki, and I was just talking, 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 talking. And finally, he said to me, he said, Randy, um, from now on, to the rest of the day, for every, every word you say, I'm going to deduct 10 cents from your wages today. So by the end of the day, I owed him $10 because I just couldn't help but talk. I, I am a verbal processor, um, and I, I, I'm quick to speak. And, and while that's, that's okay, the problem is that when you're not disciplined and you're not mature with your confessions and your declarations, sometimes you can do more damage than good. Are you with me this morning? And... While it's great to be a verbal processor and all of that, what I've had to learn over the course of my life is I've had to learn discipline around my confessions, around my declaration, around uh, my communication. And so we're, we're talking about that. I believe as we mature and as we grow as a church, I believe the Lord is holding us responsible for an understanding of how our confessions and our declarations affect our lives. And so today we're going we're gonna to talk about that. If you, if you weren't here with us last Sunday, you can always go to our website um, and you can get a podcast of the message or you can go on YouTube and you can watch the message. I would really encourage you, if you weren't here last Sunday, to, to, to j- either jump on YouTube or jump on the podcast and, and uh, catch, up, catch up on that because there's some things that I believe the Lord is wanting to develop in us. Last week we learned that, that I, we must align our mouth with what God has said about himself, what he says about me, and what he says about others. Oftentimes, we can become more like the world around us than we are the kingdom of God. We can become more like the kingdom of darkness than we are the kingdom of God. What we learned last week that in this age, we live in the age of antichrist. That everything about this age is really taking away from the identity and the reconciliation that Christ brought to the world. In this age of cancel culture that we live in, really the objective and the aim is not as, as we say it is. It's not about really bringing, uh, bringing about any change. 
really the tone of today, the tone of all of the anti-speech that we hear and that we see all too often is not about bringing reconciliation. It's about perpetuating pain. It's about settling the score. It's about even the, evening the playing field. It's about making someone else suffer the way that I've suffered. Unfortunately, unfortunately, without discipline and without the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, our speech, our declaration, and our confession can look more like the world than like Jesus. We can, we can align ourselves with the kingdom of darkness, and we align ourselves with speaking death and destruction and damnation and condemnation over others, over ourselves. And get this, this is the craziness about the spears of this age. That confession, that declaration is even as speaking against God Almighty. Scripture is very clear about taking God's name in vain. It's very clear about our boldness and our arrogance. And yet I'm, I find myself shocked over and over and over again as I see not just, not just people cursing and taking God's name in vain, but literally the way we live our lives and the way we express ourselves. It's one thing to question God. It's something else to question God. Did you hear me? It's one thing to say, God, I, in humility and in brokenness, say, God, I don't understand this. God, I'm upset with you. It's something else to rise up and bow out your chest and point your finger at God and attempt to usurp his authority and his power. And yet, the spirit of Antichrist, the spirit of anti of this age is exactly that. We learned last week as we looked in the book of Proverbs that, that God has a lot to say about about our mouths and about what we declare and about what we confess. From Proverbs chapter 18, verses 20 and 21, it says this, From the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He is satisfied by the yield of his lips. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Last week, we talked about the fact that we cannot get into sort of this um, new age, pop culture, uh, this whole idea of, of like if I say things somehow or another, I'm manifesting it and I'm making it happen. It's so crazy to me how we've taken uh, concepts like karma and we've thrown Bible verses along with it and we just practice witchcraft unknowingly. I said this last week, I'm shocked how often I, I have Christians say some stuff to me like, oh, that's just karma. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm wondering, do you understand that you're participating in witchcraft? Do you understand that you're reflecting the spirit of this age? Do you understand that you are reflecting the spirit of Antichrist that somehow or another causes us to think that we can ascend to the throne of God and ourselves create in and of ourselves make things happen. And we can't, we can't go to that place. That's a very immature understanding of confession and declaration. Nor can we go to the place of being religious and, and being legalistic and, and thinking that somehow or another we're gonna, uh, that, that God up in heaven is, is, is threatened by little things or big things that come out of our mouth. He's God and we're not. And, and it doesn't matter which end of the spectrum you are if you completely reject him or if you're super religious we have to understand that we are responsible for our mouths but our mouths and our confession our declaration doesn't shake heaven it doesn't change eternity if it is not aligned with what God has declared about himself what he's declared about us and what he's declared about others we started diving into 
uh, Proverbs last week, Proverbs chapter 18 specifically, because that whole chapter really is talking about confession and declaration. You can easily take some of those verses out of context and not understand that the context of all of those verses really is about the maturity of a person in how they use their mouth. As you think about as you, as you think about confession and declaration, it's interesting the way that our biology even aligns with confession and declaration. A study uh, in a, a magazine called Psychological Science, uh, with their, it, it talked about a, uh, a research project that was done at the University of California in, in Berkeley. And it said this, it said, the researchers found that people who were exposed to positive speech for just 10 minutes increased activities in their brain. In other words, their brains began to fire in ways that it had never fired before. It began to grow and it began to develop. There's something about the power of the tongue. Another study uh, published in Brain and Behavior was conducted at the University of Texas in Austin. Whoop, whoop, Texas. The researchers found that people who made a habit of speaking positively to themselves had lower levels of stress and anxiety and higher levels of self-esteem and self-efficacy. In other words, people who made a habit of speaking with intentionality, with their confession and their declaration, with intentionality, speaking life and speaking positively, that literally they grew and they developed. A, a last study published in Neur Nature Neuroscience was conducted at the University of, of Pittsburgh. Rich researchers found that positive speech can actually help to protect the brain from damage. Think about that for a second. Our biology, the way our bodies work, and isn't it wild how you read God's word and then it is confirmed through science? Anybody who says the church is anti-science is just ridiculous. They don't understand. The Bible, the Bible speaks and science confirms what is happening in neuroimagery is in, in, in the last 10 years is overwhelming because it's confirming what we learn from scripture which is this idea that God created us as creative beings and literally in the power of our tongue is the capacity to rewire our brains and then get this as our brains are rewired and become healthy all of a sudden we start to grow and we start to develop have you noticed that the entire world seems to be anxious and depressed right now do you not think, just, just go with me for a second, do you not think that there is some connection between living in an age in which anyone at any time can get on the internet and can declare and can confess all of the bad stuff do you not believe that there's any, any connection between the amount of hours that people spend on the internet doom scrolling and wallowing in despair and heartache and brokenness and pain and finding people who will echo, who will echo their offense, their abuse, their hurt and their pain and staying in that place and the levels of mental illness that exists on the earth today 
And yet science confirms what scripture has taught us, that the power of life and death exists in the tongue. Not because we've taken the throne of God, but because God created us in his image. And in the same way that he's a creative being, we are also creative. And when we speak, we have the capacity to literally rewire our brains, which causes our bodies to respond in a way that expands strength. I told you last week that we were going to look through Proverbs chapter 18 a little more deeply over, uh, the, the, over this series. And so I want us to back up and I want to read to you Proverbs chapter 18 verses 1 through 3. It says this, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding. In a cancel culture, in an anti-world, people are not looking for reconciliation. They are not looking for understanding. They're only looking to be heard. They're only looking to, to confess and declare what's in their mind, in their heart. A fool takes no pleasure in seeking understanding, in gaining understanding, in coming to an understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. When wickedness comes, contempt comes also and with dishonor comes disgrace. We live in this anti-world, and it's not a coincidence that in this anti-world, people are more sick than they've ever been in history. We have more access to health care. We have more access to knowledge. We have more access to the things that bring about health in our bodies, and yet people are more sick than they've ever been before, and we cannot figure out where all of this sickness comes from, and yet we know these things about our brains. You see, because the spirit of this age is antichrist, and to be antichrist is to be anti-reconciliation, of course, the path that we are on is the path of destruction. If we don't seek solutions, what are we seeking? We're seeking discord. The spirit of this age does not seek solutions. It seeks discord. It seeks death. It seeks destruction. Now, as I mentioned to you earlier, I, especially as a child, had a tendency to be very, very, very talkative. And um, I wasn't just talkative. talkative. I was, um, let's call it argumentative. None of you are that way, I'm sure. I love a good conversation. I love a good debate. But what I learned about myself is that oftentimes, oftentimes I was talking and I was confessing and I was declaring and I was arguing not to come to solutions, but as I matured, as I grew older, what I found was that oftentimes my confessions, my declarations, the running of my mouth had more to do with my self-esteem or lack thereof. It had more to, to, to do with my desire to be seen and my desire to be heard. It had more to do with my desire to prove to people how smart I was or how much I knew or, or how great I was than it had to do with really finding solutions and answers. As I grew, as I matured, I understood, I began to understand that like Proverbs chapter 18, that really the running of my mouth, my confession and my declaration wasn't, it wasn't about bringing life, it was about, it was about me. 
When you read Proverbs 18, and like I said, there's a lot of verses there, and often we take those verses out of context. We put them on bumper stickers and memes and stuff, and we don't understand what they're all about. But if you back up to uh, chapter 17, uh, the writer is, is in a series of thoughts really about how we handle our mouth. And he's talking about the fool and he's talking about wisdom and he's talking about how we use our mouths. And, and when he starts, and as chapter 18 starts, it's not a departure from the conversation. In fact, it's a continuation of the conversation. And basically what he's saying is he begins, or chapter 18 begins is this, is that there are people in the world who, who, who seek their best, they do their best, to, he, we read it in English, isolate themselves, but, but what he's talking about really is to cause themselves to stand out from the crowd, to somehow assert their individuality, to assert themselves, or, or somehow be validated or secured in their speech, and that in doing so, what they're actually doing is isolating themselves, that, that there are people who are so contrarian that they're that they're only they're only saying what they're saying they're only doing what they're doing for their own attention they're not doing it to bring peace they're not doing it to bring unity they're not doing it to bring understanding that they're just talking to be heard first thing i want us to see this morning is that communication that's purpose is to elevate and divide is unhealthy and the fool that the writer of proverbs is talking about um, when he begins chapter 18, the fool, uh, the unhealthy person, the immature person, is using their speech. They're using their communication to elevate themselves. They're using their communication to cause contention and to cause divide, to cause controversy. They take the opposite opinion, not for the sake of coming to understanding, but they take the opposite opinion just for the sake of argument, just for the sake of making a point, just to try to elevate themselves. I wonder how often my communication is rooted in my insecurity. I wonder how often my declaration and my confession is rooted in my, ability, my, my desire to be seen and heard, not my desire, not my ability to bring reconciliation. Communication has to be about bringing unity. Communication has to be not about elevating myself, but about connecting with others and about bringing to the world reconciliation. Paul wrote a letter to uh, one of his, he called him his dear son, one of his spiritual sons that he had sent to uh, pastor and lead a church. And, and we read from it in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 22 and 23. Uh, Paul says to Timothy, So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with foolish Ignorant controversies, you know that they breed quarrels. I used to read 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, where he talked about so flee youthful passions. I used to read that and think, oh, oh, he's talking about, you know, the stuff that young people struggle with, right? Hello? I don't want to embarrass our teenagers, but you know what it's like, right? The things, the things you struggle with as a teenager. The truth is it doesn't go away as you become an adult. Some of us still struggle with those things. 
But I, read, I would read that and I would think that Paul was writing to Timothy and he was talking about that because I didn't really understand my Bible. I didn't know how to read my Bible. But if you read all of 2 Timothy chapter 2, really the whole thing is about uh, Timothy grow up and mature. And a part of growing up and maturing really is Timothy, you need to be mindful of your confessions and declaration. You need to be mindful of your communication. The whole chapter really is about, it's about how do you communicate in a difficult situation with difficult people. And the youthful passions that he was, he was talking to was the passion to pray. Prove yourself. We find from other places where Paul talked to Timothy that it, it seems as though Timothy had issues with his own self-esteem. He had issues with the, the way that he saw himself. He had issues with knowing whether or not he was worthy or whether or not he was capable of doing what God had wanted him to do. And so he dealt with these insecurities and he dealt with these fears. So here's what happened. When people would oppose him or when he was in circumstances or situations, he would, he would apparently, it seems as though there was a tendency, there was a, a youthful Passion, let's just call it an immaturity that existed whereby he thought maybe I have to speak up maybe I have to be heard maybe I have to let them know just how smart I am or how intelligent I am or maybe I need to let them know about my mom or my grandmother remember we learned about her I need to let them know about my story or my spiritual history maybe they need to know who I am or what I think that was the youthful passion that Paul was taught it was the immaturity in his communication that Paul was challenging, and he was saying to him, listen, Timothy, you have to be mature in your communication, and in doing so, uh, you, need to, you need to flee unhealthy. You need to flee immature. You need to flee communication that isn't intentional, and instead, here's what you need to do. You need to pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Man, let this, let this, is it possible that the insecurity that exists in us isn't by the Lord, isn't intended to be a part of us and is an indicator of a place in our heart that's not pure? I, I, don't, want this, I don't want this to settle into you as condemnation because... I'm, I'm very, very transparent about my insecurities. But it seems as though somehow, somehow Paul is saying to Timothy, listen, the insecurity that need to defend yourself, that, defend, that need to make your case, that need to be heard and be seen, that, that tendency to respond instead of being mature, that, that tendency to argue and to fight rather than, than stepping back and, and, and letting your communication be righteous and bring you... Something about that in you is not holiness. See, I, again, I, I always think holiness is about these other things, but is it possible that holiness is about the Lord healing stuff inside of us that causes us to react and respond to circumstances and situations that perpetuate death instead of creating life? I'm not sure I've convinced you yet. Is it possible, mature Christian, that a part of that maturity is allowing the Holy Spirit to direct my speech, my confession, and my declarations, that I'm not careless in the things that I say, that I'm not careless in the things that I speak, the, even the questions that I ask? Is it possible that maturity, that righteousness and holiness in my life, is that I begin to understand that the things I say matter? And Paul makes it really clear, and he gives us some more picture of what's going on in this 
scenario, in this situation, he says, have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies because you know all they do is breed fighting. And, and I really don't have time this morning. We could go in and unpack some of the, the controversies that would have existed in the church in that day. But Paul was saying to Timothy, look, you, you can't indulge your youthful response to just fight for the sake of fighting. I used to make excuses for my contrarian attitude and heart and my desire to be seen and heard. I used to make excuses saying, oh, I've just taken the opposite opinion just so we think. I, I wasn't interested in, in reconciliation. I wasn't interested in, an, I was just interested in dominating the conversation. I was interested in people knowing how smart I was or how smart I thought I was. Paul says, Timothy, look, you can't participate in things that are unproductive with your communication, with your confession and declaration. Let me say that again. You cannot participate in things that are unproductive in your confession and declaration. You can't participate in confession and declaration and communication that's doing nothing more than indulging the tendencies of the flesh. I cannot allow my insecurity or immaturity to control my communication. As a follower of Jesus Christ, as someone who's growing in the Lord, I cannot allow my insecurity or my immaturity to control my communication. And that's exactly what the fool was doing in Proverbs chapter 18. The fool in Proverbs chapter 18 was allowing their insecurity or their immaturity to seek their own desire to break out against all sober judgment, to take the contrarian view just for the sake of taking the contrarian view, to throwing out the baby with the bathwater and saying, I'm just going to fight for the sake of fighting because I want to stand out. I want to be seen. I want to be heard. It's just foolishness. It was immaturity. It was the lack of health was the lack of perspective. I wasn't, wasn't seeking solutions. I wasn't speaking life. I wasn't interested in life. I was interested in myself. I was interested in being, being validated. And this is, I, I really hope the Holy Spirit is speaking to you this morning as he's speaking to me. So many of us are seeking validation in other people's response to us. And we're so careless in our communication because we frame all of our communication from a place of needing validation in the other person instead of framing our communication from the perspective of the kingdom of God instead of understanding that as mature followers of Jesus Christ that the kingdom is inside of us that the power of our words literally release the kingdom and that get this it's his kingdom and not mine I don't have to seek your validation. I don't, I don't have to seek your affirmation because I have his. I'm a resident of his kingdom. I'm a citizen of his kingdom, and his kingdom has already been established. It's already been proven. The lion that we sang about earlier has already roared. There's nothing that needs to be proven. Proverbs chapter 17, verses 27, 28, I mentioned a little bit earlier in the message. Um, as the writer was really moving from that, uh, I, I don't really like the way the uh, the guys who, who if you understand, the Bible really didn't, it wasn't written in chapter and verse. There's somebody in time who said, hey, let me organize this so people understand it better. And I don't, I'm not really sure I agree with the, the guys. I will look at my arrogance. 
because he's continuing a thought. Get this. Whoever restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. That's so someone who's not hot-headed in his speech. See how it's connected? Who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Even a fool, I love this, even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. I, man, guys, this has, been, this has been a life journey for me, learning to shut my mouth. Here's what I've, here's what I've come to understand. My communication is a demonstration of the alignment of my soul. In other words, what's coming out of my mouth is demonstrating. Remember, the power of life and death exists in the tongue. What's coming out of my mouth is demonstrating, really, it's like, a, it's like a thermometer on my soul. The people around me can know who I am. Boy, we, won't, we don't like this. But people around me can know who I am by what comes out of my mouth. And my world, my world, remember, this isn't new age. It's not ancient mysticism. It's not religious legalism. It is scripture. My, my mouth literally affects it affects my neural pathways. It creates new life in me. And, and here's the thing. This will shock you. What, you. what other people are hearing you say is affecting their brain and their neural pathways also. Your positive or negative communication is affecting them as well. Jesus one day was talking to some, some religious people and he said, you know what, you, you are responsible for what comes out of your mouth. And he said, from what's going on in your heart, from the uh, abundance of your heart, that's where the mouth speaks. How many times have I said things and then been like, oh, no, that's not what I meant. Oh, I didn't mean to say that. Oh, that's not, that's not who I am. Oh, that's, that's exactly who I am. That's exactly what I meant. When I'm, when I'm careless with my words, when I'm immature in my confession, declaration, and communication, I have to understand I'm revealing my heart. You are revealing your heart. You're revealing what kingdom you're aligned with. Listen, we're, we're, trying, to, we're trying to have a nuanced understanding of the power of life and death in the tongue because some of us have taken it to an extreme and we've hyper-spiritualized it or we've connected it to old mysticism and we think somehow or another that we're God, that we're making this stuff happen. But understand, what we're really doing is we're aligning ourselves with one kingdom or another kingdom. And whichever kingdom we align ourselves, that's the reality we live in. And so when we align our lives with death and we live in the kingdom of darkness and we live in the kingdom of death, when we align ourselves with the kingdom of God, when we confess hope and life, it's why we worship in our daily 20. It's why we start our daily 20 in worship so that we align ourselves with who God is in his kingdom. 
So all of my prayer from that point forward, all of my reading of scripture from that point forward in my daily 20, all of it is rooted in my understanding that I am a citizen of the kingdom of God and that his kingdom has no end. That in spite of my circumstance, that his kingdom still rules and his kingdom still reigns. Proverbs 18 verse 4 says, The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The fountain of wisdom is a bubbling brook. So this contrast between the fool who just runs his mouth for the sake of asserting himself, for the sake of being validated, for the sake of of putting some balm on his on his sick soul that struggles with insecurity and that needs to be seen and hurt. The, the balance, the other side of that is the wise person understanding that out of that mouth will flow, will flow life, not just to himself, but to the world around him. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10, a verse that a lot of us know by heart, a lot of us um, have declared this over our lives, but not really understood what it was aligned to. The Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. Really quickly, let me show you something. In the beginning of that chapter, the fool, the unhealthy person, the person who's in their insecurity and their brokenness and their fears, the person who needs to feel validated, the person who's careless in their communication they're trying to establish their strength they're trying to establish they're letting their mouth they're letting their communication their confession declaration to be their own to be their own strength and then he goes on and he talks about the 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 the, the wealthy person who who they they with their money they try and he and he takes all that and he says listen but here's here's what you have to understand the wise person gets this i don't when, when I sing Lion of Judah, when I roar in that song, it's not Randy puffing out his chest. It's not Randy saying, look at me, see me, hear me, know me. It's Randy saying, you know what? I have a strong tower. I have a place of rescue, a place of strength. I don't, I don't need to assert myself. My confession and my declaration, my communication... The way that I live my life isn't careless. The way that I live my life is connected to Christ. The way that I live my life is that I run in to his strong tower. I'm not, I'm not insecure. I'm not fearful because my trust and my confidence is in him. Therefore, my confession and my declaration is through him. Not through myself, not through my need to assert myself, not through my attempt to be seen in my herd, but my confession and my declaration is this, that, that I'm safe, that I'm secure because of God, because of his love for me, because of what he's done in my life. So my confession and my declaration will not be of me, it will be of him. And because my confession and my declaration is of him, I am safe. And if you really go read it in the original language and understand it, it's not just about safety and security in the sense of, oh, an army can't attack me, but there's plenty there. There's plenty. It's made a, it's made a way for me. There's food there. There's security there. There's wealth there. There's, are you hearing me? Some of us, 
some of us are careless in our communication. Or, or put it another way, some of us are trying to use our confession and our declaration to create a kingdom for ourselves, security, wealth for ourselves. And what the writer was saying was, look, the mature, the healthy, the wise person is settled. He's settled in his relationship with God. And because he's settled, he is secure, he is confident, and his confession and his declaration, his song, his life aligns with that confidence so he has no reason to behave like the fool. 